0: Welcome to Editing Aloud. I have with me, as always, a panel of South Africa's best and most well-informed journalists. A week ago, the RAND was crashing. Now it seems to be picking up again. Lukando Mnyanda, to what do we owe this kind of happy turnabout in the RAND? Have we done anything right by any chance?
1: Maybe maybe, maybe I should start by uh, being negative, by saying... It's still like about 20 cents weaker than it was before Ace Makhashvila's intervention last week. So that was to keep that in mind. But it's been, it's been a good few days since then, that I, mean, I think we sort of moved to calm the storm like with the statements from the governor and the finance minister and also the president eventually. And I think with some good news on Friday about Mexico, you no know, Trump was going to impose tariffs on Mexico, which is also going to be bad for emerging markets and you know, the whole emerging market trade story. And since then, also, obviously, we've had the Fed being very dovish. You know, I think people like the bets on the, on the, on the Fed that are dropping U.S. rates in July are quite big, actually. Bigger than ours, the chances of our rates going down. So all that international picture is looking quite positive for the at the moment. Although obviously, we had some nice data yesterday in the manufacturing out Fed numbers, which also there must be a disclaimer because we had such a terrible first quarter because of the... Load shedding and everything else. So now, now you're going to see all these all these numbers suddenly picking up because we're coming from such a low base. So, which makes it highly unlikely that we'll have another recession.
0: Uh, what are your, what is your call on whether we have a recession in the first half or not? Because last week we were definitely predicting one. This week, not. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, look. Um, <laughs> As things stand, I mean, the, the economy, things have been so bad. I mean, it doesn't look like there's any other way but up. Um, I mean, as uh, Lukanyu has just mentioned, that uh, some data that just came up, they show that, you know, things are improving, things are looking better.
0: Rob, the ace factor. So so last week, eventually, the president comes up and says, no, 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 we're not changing the mandate. Though I'm not very clear if he did, is, in fact, say that. Has that been enough to clip ACE's wings, to allay fears about the independence of the central bank and its mandate?
3: I don't think it's been enough to allay fears completely. I mean, I certainly think that it's good that that the finance minister, that the ANC's head of economic policy, you know, Gondwana also said this, and that Ramaphosa has given an indication that they're not going to do that. But I think the concern for investors is you have the ANC's top body, the NEC, coming out of the statement that you would imagine would have been authored by somebody and agreed to by this group. Saying that actually we are going to do this. So does this indicate that that the you know the president is not in control of the of the process within the party, and hence even no matter what they say, this thing could still happen. It it it, it makes very clear the fissures in the party, and I think that's the concern more than whether this would actually happen. Um, I mean, obviously it's it's nonsensical this uh, quantity easing. Oh, I thought it was quality easing. Maybe it was just <laughs> be C- Bile, a quality easing would even be better. Yeah, so I suppose uh, quantity easing is what they should do at the bar before they release statements like that.
0: Well, the the weekend newspapers did indicate that 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 um, the secretary general may have inserted some stuff in in mm. in the party's statement, uh, you know, after mm. it was agreed. But as you say, I mean, wh- what does that mean for the president's ability to effect reforms? Yeah, well, I'm if the party is constantly at war with itself.
3: Absolutely. I mean, that's the real concern is that, is that you have, a, you have a, what would appear from the weekend reports, like you say, is almost a rogue secretary general who's, who has a very instrumental hand in certainly how policy is conveyed to the public, never mind how it's created. Um, and so this illustrates that getting anything done is, is going to be extremely difficult certainly in terms of reform, it, and it illustrates just the extent to which Ace is a real block towards that. But on a positive side, if he had done that, if he had inserted those, if he has essentially gone rogue, and there are other allegations against him too about changing the ANC's um, party list for parliament, mm. if, if any of those lead to any action within the ANC, it certainly would give the president cause to take action, then that could be a good thing. You need to isolate, you could isolate Ace Magashule now, who is proving to be even more destructive than I think many expected.
0: Alistair, do you have any sense that this guy's getting his wings clipped?
4: I think so, but my sort of uh, gut feel is that Tito and Cyril are on the same page. I think Cyril really trusts Tito, and he's got a lot of experience, you know, Tito and Treasury, and now as Minister of Finance. So, and
3: cooking. And cooking, I mean and, cooking. And, mm-hmm. and even on <laughs>
4: Twitter. Um, it, it's, I, I think um, behind the scenes, they have the right sort of policies in place, it's just uh, maybe Ramaphosa doesn't want to do anything too public against ACET and then cause more issues. So he's he's got to have a plan to kind of I don't guess rein him in. But um, you know, markets react very quickly now,
0: and it feels very uncertain. I mean, we've got it's it's even if we knew, TZ said so that 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 the mandate was not going to be changed. I mean, what does that feel like in in relation to markets? I mean, because it's like constant. You never quite know where you are. I mean, how bad is that for investment or yeah, growth? Yeah, look the
2: good? sentiment game in the, in the capital markets. I mean, the, the guys, yes, they do look at facts, uh, but, you know, if you've got a high-ranking official like that coming out with reckless statement like that, you are likely to get a a reaction, and that reaction is not good. I mean, we've seen how the REN reacted, um, even though, you know, you had... Some really powerful guys like Tito coming out to put out the fire uh, that caused it, but you know, as Lukanya has mentioned, it still you know hasn't the rand has still hasn't uh, fully recovered from, from that from that level. So it's a it's really a sentiment game.
0: And we've got we've got the State of the Nation address coming next week. it's the second of the year, but the the first of of, of the president as a, a sort of his own administration, if you like. Yeah what would we, what would you want to see in it or what would you hope to see in it that might reassure that that, that the government was actually going to do something about growth
2: uh, p- uh, personally I would like him to admit that the current economic formula is not working it needs to be changed there needs to be a foundational fundamental change in how we do things because We've been stuck on this for the past 25 years and nothing, not much has changed. In fact, we are now the most unequal society in the world. Uh,
0: Lucania, what are you looking for? What would you Hmm. want to see in the State of the Nation?
2: No, It's a good thing we started with
1: a random. we were talking before about how when the period leading to the election, we actually had the best currency in the world. And since then, despite this recovery, we've had the worst. No, we're actually' we're like down at something like four percent since like may ten I think that's, that's the best performing like sort of emerging market currency so so it's got it's a lot to do in terms of boosting that confidence I mean the problem like with this with these with, with like sonas and he always says the right things in all of them I mean if you look at the last two that he did because he had one when he first arrived he had another one this february and, <laughs> and and I don't think you'd find anything there that you disagree with it's just a question of actually getting this stuff done and software is really quite simple i mean we Look at the, the whole thing about the visa regulations. I mean, why do we need to keep talking about that? We I mean, just need to just do it, right? It's a bunch <laughs> <Yeah>. of instructions <laughs> yeah. to home affairs officials. <laughs> you know, Rob, you, you know you, you like went to telecommunications? That yeah. That's the issue, like yeah. you say. It's
3: not about it's not about how we speak. That's fine. We we say all the right things. It's about what we do. We do nothing about jobs. We do nothing yeah. about about reassuring people about the you know actually showing that we're doing the right things. So talking is fine. Changing the visa rules. We haven't done that. So we even do need stuff. to
0: change the rules. Don't we just have
3: to implement the change rules. Well, the visas visas is one area.
0: What are some of the other areas where, do you, where do you want to just see quite a strong signal that something was actually being done or going well, to
3: be done? Well, there's policy confusion. I mean, employment is the biggest thing. Employment is the biggest thing. So clarity around that. I mean, the relationship with the unions is very difficult for Ramaphosa um, because that's where he drew his base from. So I suppose it's very difficult navigating around that. Um, but certainly with regard to mining, with regard to education... With regard to the public sector, you need to have a really firm sense that you are cutting back on the public sector spending. That's what the ratings agencies want. And we had the story today in Business Day about the finance minister putting in place certain caps on, on municipalities, saying you can't, you can't, for example, travel business class. You know, you've, you've got to travel. You know, cars that are over seven hundred thousand rand, you you can't do that. You can only replace a car once it's once it's um, driven 120,000 kilometres. Those, those are kind of standard things that you'd expect in government to be happening, and it's a good thing that that, that is happening. So things like that.
0: Municipalities, is this the end of the gravy trade?
3: No, I
4: doubt that, because, I mean, it, you know, there's local government, there's national government. There, there's so many different parts, and you know, people have been set in their ways, I think. Um, you know, they kind of expect certain benefits. So I think it's, a, it's, a, it's going to take time for... You know, then to kind sort of get a, a new kind of culture, uh, I guess, of spending. You know, I it, suppose it's new spending habits for politicians that they have to learn. But I think we, we're quite impatient, maybe because we've just been through such a rough sort of decade, you know, under the Zuma government. So we, we're probably quite hard on Ramaphosa. I mean, you know, that election was about a month ago. He's got a new cabinet. Um, I think that the cabinet actually needs to now get a chance to sort of bring in what they want to bring in, you know, the IA, or implement policy. I mean, you can't implement it in a month. So, yeah, I don't know, it might take six months, you know, just personally, I think, before we really start to see changes. And maybe in, you know, I think what SONO will be next year, February, then we'll actually start, you know, be, be able to judge the sort of new administration.
3: We,
0: we've had—I don't know if—I mean—we've we, had protests about SAA. I think last week we spoke about the SAA chief executive, um, mm-hmm. Lucanio, uh departing, and the Eskom chief executive departing. Um, now we're getting pushback from at least one of the unions about those departures. Um, what does that tell us about prospects for restructuring those particular public yeah. entities?
1: But it's really interesting, you know, like a headline that says like I we want our CEO back says unions. It's not something you see every day, is it? <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm still a bit confused about what what the, actually what the actual issue yes, is. And and
3: know, Sophie, we want our <laughs> education MEC oh, back. Indeed, <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. What I mean is is there a trend here? Is I there mean, think the, the, the you know it, there aren't a lot of positions, high positions that are filled with people who are not competent. So when you find somebody who is competent, you are desperately well, sad yes, to see them going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: mm. I mean, exactly. What's surprising is um, uh, at SAA, the, it's a company that should retrench some stuff. So, and if you've, got, <laughs> if you've got the union saying, well, we want him back, and then, but he hasn't really talked about, you know, retrenchments. Um, so that's probably, that could probably be the reason in their dialogue consultations that, look, we will try to limit uh, the amount of job losses at the airline. But, you know, we all know that the airline is bloated. It has to get rid of some
3: That's some a good people. point. Because yeah. of the SABC, for example, people, yeah. a lot of people like Claudie Matsuning because yeah. he raised their salaries and didn't retrench anyone. Yeah. But that's bad for the institution. It's yes. not good for the sustainability of the institution. Correct. So Correct. I think you have to look at those kind of, those calls with some degree of skepticism. Yeah.
0: Yeah, one's when, when, concern would be that, that they might want uh, Mr. because he because he didn't do anything, not be, <laughs> rather than because he did. And it, yeah. it sort of puts question marks about the whole public sector, going back to, mm. you know, is, is, is to what extent... Now the way is clear, we, we supposedly have a smaller number of ministers. I mean, are we going to get more efficient government? Alistair, any chance? Well,
4: that's the thing. I, I, I mean, it says it's a smaller government, but it doesn't feel that way. And I think you, you could have merged so many more you know, departments. But it's, sure, it's such a tricky job, you know, that, that they've got to do in, in that regard. So, there, there has to be some cut in spending. But, you know, you're sitting with, I suppose, parastatals that are in so much trouble, and that's really where the money's gonna be going. That I think that's priority one. I mean, what what, what else can the government think of than, you know, ESCOM and SAA at the moment? I mean, we saw this, yeah. there's this whole case now, you know, around environmental issues around ESCOM, and I noticed on Twitter some people were complaining that business day was leading about you know how much more money, how much more debt this could create. But that really is you know that, that's, that would was that's what cripples the economy is if you know ESCom it's into you know even more trouble or SAA, and then we take all our money and our you know our, our debt just skyrockets. So that's that's the most pressing issue. It's that and a lack of jobs. Everything else just kind of looks like a nice to have, but it's you know, maybe it's only next year or in two years' time.
0: Rob Rose, the front cover of your financial mail this week, Tongat, is the Steinhoff 2.0? Um, number one, is the Steinhoff 2.0? And number two, what do you feel about the shares being sus- suspended on the JSE?
3: Well, the first part of the question, it's not quite Steinhoff. I mean, it's far more simple. It's not as complicated. And, and the question of whether there was actual intention is the real issue. Steinhoff, there was an intentional, intentional move to create... Fictitious transactions, 106 billion rand of fictitious transactions. In this case, there was there was valuation of land, uh, land sales were recognised before they should have been, um, and the valuation of cane sugar cane in the ground was, was inflated. Now, the, now the question is, was that done intentionally, or was this a mistake? Was this reckless? I mean, the, the the question of culpability is is a big thing. And secondly, the impact of Tonga, a much smaller company than than Steinhoff, which was one of the top forty, which owned a whole lot of brands in Europe. Um, I think, uh, uh, you know, in a sense, the, the, the size is very different. In terms of the suspension of shares, that happened yesterday at the company's request. And a lot of people are very angry about this because if you have a company that's undergoing something like this, a, a sort of an accounting crisis, you want to be able, the market wants to be able to buy and sell the shares and say, well, we don't want to be stuck in this position for four months while they get the audited financials out. So a lot of investors are very angry about the JSC, yeah. treating them almost like so. as if this yeah. is a any state. that so,
0: I mean, yeah, I, did the I, JSC have the right to suspend uh, found on Taggart's yeah. request, in fact, not Yeah, I found the it very
2: surprising myself that the, the JSC would allow that to happen because um, And they you didn't do it with Steinhoff as well. Yeah, they, they did didn't do it with Steinhoff, right? Um, so why why would they, you know, because you, you would want to get out as information tickles in, mm-hmm. you would want to get in or get out but now you're stuck in the in a company that's clearly um you know it's something suspicious has happened um, so you would want information to tickle in uh sentiment as i said is a sentiment game so
0: has anyone yeah. asked the jc i mean what what is how does the jc justify this
4: i, I just thought they, they stopped it because they do not want the share price to fall any further
0: that's so that's, that's in the company's interest but is that yes. in yeah, that, investors interest? You,
4: you know it's it's It it sometimes seems like it's not too clear what the JSC can do and can't do. I I guess what they can do as an exchange is stop shares when they want to because it's their exchange. Um, You know, that kind of makes sense. But we've seen lots of corporate scandals where they they've just sort of sat there. And I mean, there are many companies that are like cash shells that are still sitting on the exchange they haven't been suspended. But clearly there are issues. Why were they listed ever?
0: In your in the sector you cover, there have been companies which well, in, in sort property, of I mean, run into trouble and not been suspended. Would I mean, I be I mean right?
4: there's a company called Freedom Property Fund, which is still listed. You know, and you never hear anything about it and it's been on there for years. And you know, I think that's dropped to like a cent or something. But if you ask them about it, they'll say, Well, we're in exchange, you know, they pay us fees. Uh, we we can't judge, you know, if they're good or bad, but yeah, so then the, you know they're following the rules. You only suspend them if they break our, our listing rules. So sure. I don't know if... And has, has Tonga broken, broken, broken the listing rules?
0: Has Tonga
3: broken the listing rules? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, yeah. besides, obviously, um, deceiving investors, which probably isn't great for governance. <laughs> but, you know, in this sense, one of the problems with suspending it is that it creates a... Firstly, it's a bad signal to international investors that if something happens, you get stuck in the share. And secondly, it'll create potential panic selling when next you have an accounting scandal. The, The investors will think, well, let's just flood this thing, sell it, panic, no. sell all our shares because what you could potentially have is you're stuck in this thing if the JSC decides to suspend it. So it sets a bad precedent that could so panic people ba- in future. So, the kind
0: of, would that mean that the minute there's bad news in future yeah. if people will, like, raised for the exits uh, so go, they don't
1: get, the stuck. Mm-hmm. You get stuck? And also, like, I think the messaging from the JSC is a bit confusing. I think in other cases where they've been criticized, whether it was Sagamatha or whatever, they've, they've said that, I mean, which is a marketplace. It's not our job to actually mm-hmm. regulate companies mm-hmm. in that sense. We like you know, We want to make sure people have got all the information so investors yeah. can and make decisions themselves whether to buy or sell, yeah. but I don't know how this like, then fits in with that philosophy. Mm. <laughs> it seems yeah. to be in contradiction. When I mean, you mentioned the Steinhoff thing, I think, that, I think the point has been made that the, the reason Steinhoff was not suspended, it's, it wasn't because of JC, it's because like, Frankfurt refused to like, suspend it. Mm. Mm. So yeah, be interesting. Like yeah, we, need, I think we need to get a bit more messaging from them. And, from and and like this.
3: What what Tongkat said is that there's two levels of information coming out. There's sort of a, you know information trickling out into the market, and there's information we're putting out, and there's this this disparity in information, and that is a ridiculous excuse. But everybody has that.
0: That's that's. But, but then normal. it's up to Tonga then to normal. put
3: out the correct information yeah, to say yeah. like this is the level of information, this is what we understand. The company can't blame everyone else for the fact that it's not communicating properly.
0: One of the issues that has arisen, of course, is is the issue of auditors, um, in this case, Deloitte's, um, once again, auditors are a little bit in the spotlight, and in fact, one of our BRICS neighbours, India, is threatening to suspend some of the big four. I mean, Rob, does this cost dispersions again on the whole profession?
3: Well, certainly Deloitte, the auditors of Steinhoff, um, they're the auditors in this case, and they've been auditors of various other companies. I think they're the auditors that might be of, potentially of Resilient as well, um, another a couple of other companies. So... You know, uh, the 2018 financials were signed off by Deloitte for Tongaht, and those are the financials which you now say, Tongaht now says you can't rely on those things. So if an auditor is there to provide assurance that this is what's actually true, and it isn't true, then, then a lot of investors will ask, what's the point of auditors? At Steinhoff, I think um, Deloitte earned 266 million Rand in the last year for auditing. And if you end up with a, with a result you can't rely on, then why are you spending this money? So I think it, it creates big questions over the auditors. I mean, having said that, again, you know, again. are you...
0: So, I mean, we've, we've had quite a run with the auditors.
2: Yeah, we did. I mean, there has also been an impact. I mean, there was a report uh, by the WEF, uh, sorry, w- I just can't remember that. it's a basically we've dropped quite significantly yeah. from where we are, we were in terms of standards i think we were number one in terms of accounting standards now we've That's dropped down, to yeah. you know, and, but about 87. Like well, yeah. i'm just i'm starting
4: yeah. to wonder do do people now become like training accountants and go and do their articles and whatever and then try and kind of rush through that to get into corporate finance they can go you know, become cowboys of industry, and they, and, and they don't actually think about what their role is as an auditor. you are actually some kind of watchdog. You aren't in it, you know, to be, to, to, to kind of make money. I just, I wonder if, if auditing firms now have this sort of profit motive, and they're not, and they've lost you know, their- You
0: mean the, the, the idea of auditing as, as somehow accountable to the public?
4: Yeah, you know, different. that, that you actually have a role to, to bring out the most accurate, free, fair, correct kind of financial information, and share companies aren't doing Things, but your, your whole—it seems like the mindset is that a lot of young people, you know, become CAs and then they sort of work as an auditor and they're like, okay, now I want to go into corporate finance and work in banks and things. So their their brain's not even in it. I don't know. That just seems to be the perception. I don't know what the average age of an auditor is now, but it, I'm pretty sure it's probably quite
1: quite like young people. You know, people don't stick. And I in wonder,
0: the I wonder how much audit rotation actually helps <laughs> or
1: hinders. I suppose you could argue it's like a structural problem where you your job is to hold somebody accountable. But that person is also your client, mm, right. yeah. Yeah. so there, there's, an, there's an inherent conflict of interest there. Sure. Mm. So uh, I don't know how you get around that. Yeah, <laughs> but, 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 a, but you yeah. know, in the yeah. sign-off case. Mm.
3: This was an ingenious thing. It was in, the guy, the guy Marcus Euston and his pals had basically found a way to, to basically fictionalise the cash flow. Now the cash flow is the one thing you should not be able to fictionalise. So these are ingenious things. I mean, an auditor who comes in who looks at a company. It's very difficult for him to to go through a complicated fraud like this. It's not easy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You so you've been looking at time bank, the new kid on the block yes. in banking. Yes. Um, are we now looking forward to a more competitive banking sector? How do the new entrants stack up, particularly Um
2: uh, Competition has definitely uh, started. I mean, things have um, now heating up. I mean, you've seen responses from some of the major banks uh, launching, uh, you know, you know, free. I mean, free bank account, monthly, uh, monthly free, monthly bank accounts. Um, just basically to stay in the competition uh, uh, because some of these guys are nimbler and they don't have the costs that are associated with running a a branch so they're coming up with really, they're really shaking things up Um, so with Time Bank the most inter- interesting thing that has happened today, uh, this week basically, is that they are going into unse- unsecured lending. What that's, we used to
0: call macro loans. That's
2: right. I mean, that that is, I mean, for investors, that's that's a clear path to profitability. So that's that's what you want to see. You don't want to just see a bank that's popular with customers because it's offering free uh, free services. You also want the bank that's growing and growing profitably, and they're going into this uh, into this lucrative market, but also very very risky. I
0: was going to say, no. Alistair, yeah. is this a clear path to profitability oh, no, was, or is this I, I a path was, to potential Yeah, risk? I was
4: driving the other day and there was an advert, for One of for a bank that's been in that space for quite a long time and they had a big scandal and now they're kind of back and they were talking about giving oh, no, people thir- thir- 13.5% return or something on their money. You
0: on a savings account?
4: Yeah, and then how this is the best return you can get and mm. I'm just thinking that's very, um, mm. it's a bit dodgy and it's kind of irresponsible because we it keep saying that to be true you, you, you know South Africans don't save. Mm.
0: Yes. We
4: spend all the time. So I don't know how that's helping the kind of culture of savings and healthy financial culture in South Africa. So Time Bank could just be another person. I think it could be another one of these.
1: But isn't that a good banks. thing? If they're offering you big mm. money on your savings, so that's mm. that, that would not would that encourage people to well, save? Well,
0: hopefully... Uh, as hopefully. long as it doesn't get them into trouble. The regulator, the regulator, which is Kuben Naidu at the Reserve Bank, mm-hmm. the prudential regulator, surely would be quite careful about
1: young think new think
0: banks taking risk.
1: I mean, I think, I mean, I think it, I mean, fairness, it did mention that I think last year already about how the new banks were going to. Threaten profitability, like in the, in, the, in, the, in the sector, and also like there, there, I mean, there was a danger there in terms of like you said financial stability. That, that that's going to be looked at very closely. I mean, they were saying that last year already before all of this happened.
0: And, and uh, do you get the sense from them that they're watching carefully? I would think, so so, especially like in the sector. I
1: because mean, like, they came under under some flak last year with the whole VBS scandal so I, so, so, so. I can imagine they're, 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 I can't imagine that they're sitting on their laurels there, not like, and not worrying about this. But obviously, they've not come out and said. But let's not be, be too cynical here, no, nobody, yeah, nobody, nobody yeah. has done anything wrong, we're just yeah, saying that yeah. this, this, this is a part of the sector of the, yeah. that, 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 that can be profitable but that can also be quite risky for obvious reasons, you know, like yeah. if somebody like, defaults, you don't have a house to, to repose us or whatever. But it is but, the first but, time yeah. in many years that
0: we've had all these new entrants, mm-hmm. Rob, um, we've got time, we've got Discovery Bank, the Post Bank will one of these days get a license there, are a couple of other companies. Bank Zero. Yeah. Bank Zero, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what impact will it have on the market?
3: Well, it's a great thing for the market. It's going to bring down fees. You've seen Standard Bank and Nedbank yep. launch zero-fee accounts. Uh, and, and I think it's great. I mean, it, it, we've talked about, the, in about 2008, the Competition Commission did an analysis of the banks, uh, an inquiry into the banking fees. And they said the banks, the big four, had essentially operated like a complex monopoly. Um, and then Capitec came along and got mil- 10 million clients by offering lower fees, by basically just being better and more nimble. So I think it's a great thing, it'll shake up the market, it's fantastic, and I think that, you know, case of African bank, I mean sure, you have banks that might take more risks than the big four, but I think for the regulator, for Hubert and I do, you can allow allow the new banks to take slightly more risks than you would stand bank, because it's not as systemic at this stage.
0: Mm -hmm. Alistair, very quickly, because we're running out of time, you've been in Romania, now why have you been in Romania? So, in the last minute, we have. So, you <laughs> know, East while, w-
4: while uh, the, the government's you know, talking about trying to get people to invest in South Africa, a lot of South Africans have been shifting their money into Eastern Europe because that is now the next sort of frontier. Vampire um,
3: futures. Vampire of futures. Of Europe.
4: And so, after Poland, Romania is the, the next biggest country. It's 20 million people population. A lot of them speak English. Um, well educated. Unemployment's about 4%. So, it, it, it's become, you know, this low hanging fruit because after communism they haven't had proper shopping centres. So Mass Real Estate sent me there last week to, mm. to look at all these shopping centres that they've spent about, you know, 15 odd billion rand on developing or investing in or well, buying. Well, it's not
0: like we don't have too many shopping centres yeah. mm. already. So I think we're going to hope that um, there's going to be at least something in the State of the Nation address that gives us some hope for an economic turnaround. And that's all we have time for. Please join us again next week for another edition of Editing Aloud.